I interview six to 12 candidates a day. You hear all the different types of responses, how they're answering questions, how they're showing up to interviews, what the resumes look like, the questions that they ask. And those are all things that we can use that data to redefine and give our clients even more effective ways to accelerate those opportunities. Hey, my name is Ariana, and as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I currently spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life curveballs and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes and maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Side Hustle Experience. I am so excited because I have an amazing guest today, somebody whom I admire so, so much. Her name is Anna Morgan. She is the champion of the underdog career misfit turn job search strategy, passionate about mental health, ADHD, advocate and job search accelerator coach with 15 years of experience getting job seekers a fast track to corporate positions. Anna is absolutely your career BFF. Anna takes career misfit job seekers to badass job closers that are able to showcase their unique talents, build a powerful personal brand that attracts a flow of top recruiters and hiring managers that fit like a glove. Oh my goodness. I want to be you, Anna, when I grow up for sure. (laughs) I am so excited and honored to have you in the podcast today to chat with all of our job seekers and potential side hustlers, how to attract people, how to attract recruiters, because that is what I tell my people all the time. It would be so awesome if you don't have to apply for jobs anymore when you have recruiters knocking on your door. And in order for you to do that is to build those relationships. And who's better than Anna Morgan herself to tell us all about her strategy on how she teaches job seekers on how to build those relationships. Anna, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is so amazing to join you as a guest on your podcast. And you and I have been following each other for what, over two years now, connected originally on Instagram, took it to LinkedIn, off of LinkedIn to coffee chats and collaborations and networking and business BFFs. And I'm super honored to be here. So thank you so much. Of course, of course. I am so happy that we found each other. And I can't even remember how we stumbled upon each other on social media, but I'm glad that we were able to kind of make that click with each other and just bond over career searching talks and business chats as well. And I'm just curious. I know that I read that bomb bio about what it is that you do, but I would love to hear a little bit more in depth on your career trajectory and your story. Yeah, absolutely. So I had a rocky start in middle school into high school and college. I had some non-traditional paths. I went to a big university in Georgia and found myself as a college dropout in 1996. And at that point, I was still very immature. I found myself working in hospitality, which I loved. I loved the people aspect 
how fast it was, the customer service, the upselling, the whole experience. And I started really honing in on my sales skills in hospitality. That really helped me network. It showed me that I had some sales skills, which transitioned into advertising sales, print media sales. So, you know, this is late 90s. And I remember thinking, I want to do anything else except sell advertising because I was getting nickeled and dimed over six inch square ads. (laughs) And I was like, there has to be a better way. And I was at lunch one day contemplating my future career. And I looked up and I saw a retail staffing firm. And I thought, what the heck? I have 30 minutes. I'm just going to walk in and see what it's all about. Always have been pretty brave to walk into new situations. Walked in, introduced myself. I'm not even sure if I had a resume at the time and told them my story. They saw something in me and said, I think you'd be a really good recruiter. And that is where my recruiting and business development career started. I learned all the basics of selling and recruiting and had a very successful career as an agency recruiter or headhunter, if you will. Early in my career, I was very much a generalist. So I started working customer service, call center, clerical, administrative, executive assistant, and then that expanded to more senior roles. And then I niched down to accounting and finance for about six to seven years, was always a top producer in my organizations, was responsible for training a lot of new employees, but I always declined moving into management. I was a solo producer. At that point, it was either that I had a limiting belief that I wasn't ready for management Or I just liked being a a solo producer and getting the commission checks and running my business. And then I was recruited into corporate talent acquisition where I began my corporate experience. And while I had the opportunity to work with hundreds, even thousands of employers over my career, I really had never sat in the corporate kind of entity, if you will. And that was very eye-opening. I love my employer. It was a new experience observing how everything worked. I remember thinking, oh, we're going to another meeting. (laughs) It was just really funny. And I went through that process. And again, being a generalist, which is something that's unique with recruiters today, so I'm kind of dating myself. Nowadays, recruiters are very niche. So they either do tech or creative or engineers or supply chain, because I've been in the the recruiting space for so long, I am a generalist. So there's not as many generalists with my amount of experience available today. It's actually harder to find recruiters that can do A to Z, right? And when I joined corporate talent acquisition, loved it, filled 120 positions in 2019, saved the company over $1.3 million in agency fees and really enjoyed the leaders that I was working with. But I had a toxic boss and I was gifted a layoff May. I love that. Gifted. Gifted a layoff. I love that. 
And I say gifted because it was the push that I needed to finally say hell yes to myself. That's when I started Career BFF. And I have taken all of my years in recruiting, selling, and supporting people in a variety of different ways to help fast track them into new opportunities. So it's been uh, a little wild, ups and downs, but I've worked for some great organizations and still continue to recruit part-time for actually the employer that laid me off originally, but that mean boss is no longer there. So it's all Mm. good. (laughs) Wow. That goes full circle now that I am realizing that you were working there, got laid off because it was a gift because you didn't want to work with that boss anymore. And he gave you the opportunity to open up your own business. And then now they probably saw the awesomeness that you're doing on LinkedIn and how well you presented yourself with your personal brand and decided to hire you again as a part-time. Exactly. And it actually popped up on my time hop today. And this is why I talk about socially selling or social job searching and why it's so important as a job seeker to show up on LinkedIn and showcase your leadership voice. Talk about your career journey use it as almost a blog because I guess it was a year ago, I received a message from one of the VPs that said, I love seeing your positive energy and creativity on LinkedIn. Just wanted you to know that we had a conversation with MVPs during our weekly call. To sum it up, the entire team was essentially petitioning to get you back. Whether that's ever something you'd like or consider, please let us know. We'd love to talk. So that is the power of showing up because they couldn't stop seeing my face on LinkedIn. So I had power, right? Even though I was laid off, I was able to position myself. I didn't want to go back full-time. I knew they needed the help. I loved everyone else that I worked with. And so I was able to say, yes, I can come back, but here are my conditions, 25 to 30 hours a week, And here we are. So it's actually worked out really nice because being in the seat doing active recruiting like you are really helps us even more empower our clients because we are in the trenches with them. We are seeing the areas of opportunity. I interview six to 12 candidates a day. You hear all the different types of responses, how they're answering questions, how they're showing up to interviews what the resumes look like, the questions that they ask. And those are all things that we can use that data to redefine and give our clients even more effective ways to accelerate those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm a little interested in hearing more about how you started your career coaching business, because I know that you were, you know, in a toxic environment, not environment, but like with your boss specifically back then. Were you ever considering doing career coaching or was just the circumstances of your job that kind of forced you to do it? It was really serendipitous. So I had booked this totally out of my comfort zone trip to Costa Rica for this women's retreat. And it was all about like tapping into your feminine power and your frequency and really just dropping into your heart's desire and being with nature and just getting quiet and still, right? I had also just started getting into yoga, which I'm now a certified yoga teacher, and I'm actually going to be starting to teach finally in 2022, but yoga really changed my life. And 
Then I had this experience in Costa Rica, and it was really during that time of reflection and meditation and quiet and healing from some things that I needed to heal from that I was able to really receive the message that I was ready. I was ready to utilize my crazy, fast, ADD, rabbit brain and creativity and knowledge that I have learned over the last 15, 20 years to be of service to people that need it. You know, like I do, when working with job seekers, you can feel that desperation, that confusion, that overwhelm. And I'm an empath. So I especially absorb those things more than the average person. And so that was just the really big download and the calling of this is how I can be of service to people that need support. And I just have always been that type of person that wants to serve and empower people and give them the tools to be successful because there have been women primarily and men that have supported me along my journey. And, you know, it just comes down to, and I think this is also with the pandemic, we've all had time to really reflect about what do we want our legacy to be? What is going to matter to me when I am on my deathbed? Is it the fact that I worked 60 hours a week for a company that wasn't mine? No, that's not what I want. I want to create something that is uniquely Anna Morgan. And I'm finally at that point. I'm finally realizing that I can take my BFF method, the behind the recruiter curtain, plus the fulfilling career strategy, plus the fabulous self-love and build a framework based on my eyeballs being on a million resumes and meeting with a million different hiring managers to really serve job seekers and career changers. So so Costa Rica, and then I came back and that was when the manager had started at my company. So the timing was perfect. I started coaching part-time. I hired Judy Fox to help me level up my LinkedIn game. And once I started learning the power of sharing my leadership voice, things started happening and I started coaching and messy action is better than no action. And I was creating results for people and they appreciated it. And I coached lots of people for free the first couple of months. And, you know, I remember that feeling when I closed my first VIP client, I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And then again, when the layoff happened, I was like, all right, it's go time. Let's do this. And I've just been redefining and really looking at the aspects of my coaching business that I truly love and leaning into that because there's no sense in running a business and coaching if you're coaching things that you're not super excited about. So it's been an amazing journey so far. And I can't wait to see what things are going to look like in three years, you know, because we think as entrepreneurs, Oh, I, you know, I'm not where I should be, but we forget that it's not an overnight, people's overnight success was five, 10 years in the making, right? Absolutely. You know, what's so interesting. I plus one to everything that you're just saying, Anna, but I love that everyone's overnight success, put in quotation marks, is five, 10 years in the making. And sometimes we're just afraid of showing up and starting when we have that notch in our heart. 
And I urge you, whoever it is that's listening to this, whether you want to launch your own side hustle or you are looking for jobs, just apply even if you don't qualify. Do it anyways, because at the end of the day, we all start somewhere, right? And messy action. I love that because even if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to learn it regardless. You're never going to know if you don't start trying. And then, you know, you mentioned something that was very interesting to me, which is one of the biggest complaints I've heard from job seekers and people who have jobs is, okay, it's great that I need to show up on LinkedIn, but how do I do it? How do I get over the fear to the fact that my manager might see it? My coworkers might see it. I would love to hear from you, Anna. What are your tips? Because I know that you started while you were still working. And now, obviously, it's a different circumstances because you kind of showed your rules and said, if you want me back, these are my rules. Right. And, and I'm a contractor. <laughs> Exactly. But, you know, while you were working full time, what were the tips, strategic tips? Because I know sometimes like, oh, just get over the fear and do it. But what can we do strategically to get that fear out there and step into who we are and be comfortable with showing up as our whole selves to work? And if things go sideways, like, what do you do? (laughs) Well, the first thing I did was I checked my employer's social media policy because I wanted to make sure there was no conflict in representing my corporation on LinkedIn for recruiting purposes and sharing content that would establish credibility and bring people in to book a sales call with me for a strategy call. So that was the first thing. And I'm not going to lie The first couple posts, I was a little nervous, but actually, if I step back, I really focused on just commenting first, and that is a little less visible, right? And then once I started producing content and sharing my views on all things job search strategy, and you know, my content is silly, it's fun-inspired, it's video, it's it's not perfect, right? But in those moments when I was a bit insecure about what people would think, one, I believe that people are generally kind and they're not going to say hurtful things. I mean, maybe once you get super big. (laughs) And the second thing was, again, like, if not now, when? Like, what do I have to lose? Again, I'm in my 40s. So I, I was like, I don't want to wait. You know, I want to get to this point before I turn 40 that I can consider that I've had this amount of success. When I started sharing, I can't tell you how many people would pop by my cube and say, I love what you're doing on LinkedIn. Now, they would never comment. They probably didn't leave a social like, but they were watching. And so that is the message to job seekers. You don't have to lay out your whole entire life on social media or LinkedIn. If you're comfortable sharing certain aspects, great. But focus on projects, like you said, side projects, portfolios, highlight leadership in your organization that you think highly of, share your favorite quotes, share books, why you're listening to certain podcasts. It's an opportunity for people to plug into your brain, right? When they see us sharing our leadership voice or engaging in the comments, it is social proof. And social proof builds trust. If people see us having public conversations 
on social media, they will trust to have private conversations with us online. And you will receive more incoming opportunities than you will have to spend so much time hunting for new opportunities. My situation with my layoff is a perfect example of that because when I made the post about thinking that I was going to eventually return to my office, it went sort of viral, I would say. But what was miraculous was I had people sending me messages with job offers, podcast appearances, guest coaching appearances, and more inquiries than I ever thought possible. And that is the testimonial to LinkedIn just being the best career insurance out there. So if you are listening right now and you were employed and considering making a change, just start slow. Just start with engaging and giving to others. It is so powerful when we support other people. And I think that's why I've had the success I've had on LinkedIn is because it's in my nature to just go out and love on people and support them. So that came easily to me, but just don't overthink it. Check social media, start slow with commenting, model success after other content creators on the platform and test different things out and make sure that you respond to people and you engage in the direct messages. And I guarantee that your visibility will increase You will get positive feedback and you'll have more incoming opportunities than you had prior to not being active on LinkedIn. Wow. I love all of those nuggets. Thank you so much, Anna. I agree with you in a lot of those and it's exactly what I did as well because when I started showing up on LinkedIn, I was also employed. I'm still employed. And that was one of the very first things that I did because majority of the people whom I followed on LinkedIn before I even found you because I've been on LinkedIn. You and I have been on LinkedIn for a long time. But 2006. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I've been on it since 2011. Never even thought of ever creating content on there. And then I started seeing people create content. Majority of them own their own businesses full time. So I'm like, oh, of course they can show up. I mean, they don't have a boss that's like watching them and stuff. It's crazy because I was also in a very toxic work environment when I started showing up on LinkedIn. And I started having conversations at work, you know, helping people out like for free. I didn't even know I was coaching people. I was just helping them with their resumes and everything else. And somebody asked me, they were like, oh, do you do coaching on the side? And I'm like, what? Coaching? What's that? And then that's when I went into the rabbit hole of researching and finding out that there was a whole world out there of coaches who helped people, you know, find jobs and show up online and build personal brands. And so I started showing up on LinkedIn and people were always so curious, like, how are you doing it? Like, how are you so confident? Like, is your boss saying something? Aren't you embarrassed or like afraid? But that was the number one thing is checking that there's no conflict of interest. Because if you have a boss that's come and telling you like, hey, we don't allow that. I'm like, well, it's not in the corporate policy that you don't allow it. So that's number one. And two, I think that 2020 has done a great job at teaching us this. What's important to you? And I know sometimes we can sound that we're coming from a place of privilege and I do get it. But it's like, oh, you know, I have to feed my family. I have to work. Like I can't risk getting fired. Absolutely get it. But LinkedIn is a place where you can open so many other doors that it won't matter if you get fired because the next day you're going to get opportunities. And I guarantee that like, that's exactly what has happened in me with other situations in that toxic work environment that I was in. I said, you know what? I can't take it anymore. It was eating me up from the inside out. And I just literally had to pick up the phone to two people, got five interviews lined up. 
because of LinkedIn. So it's kind of like the chicken or the egg, right? Situation when it comes to that, like, do I wait until I get fired or do I initiate conversations and opportunities through LinkedIn? Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Love all of those nuggets. You listening, listen, if you're driving, of course not, but if you're in a place where you're sitting down, make sure that you're going back to what Anna just said and taking notes because those are all gems and people pay thousands of dollars for that information. So it's absolutely for free that you're getting it here. This is true, but you know what? The more we give away, the more comes back to us. And that is truly a philosophy that I have seen time and time again on LinkedIn. Again, if you engage, just engage to start and then pay attention, get curious, model success, maybe get a coach (laughs) to help you optimize your profile and learn the ins and outs because LinkedIn can be extraordinarily overwhelming for people. For you and I that spend hours in it a day, not so much, but for people that typically just come to LinkedIn to scroll a little bit or to update their new position, or they're kind of in this, oh crap, I can't take what's happening at my company much longer. I have to figure out something. It can be overwhelming, but just start small. Start with commenting, start with engaging. Really just watch the miracles unfold. I mean, there are so many incredibly supportive and kind people. And There's 813 million people on the platform and three people join every second, (laughs) which is crazy. Yeah, the statistics are insane. And plus the advantage that we all have as content creators on the platform is that 1% or so of all those 800 and plus million people are creating original consistent content on the platform, which is what makes us so easy to break into it and become a thought leader in the platform, right? Because there's not a lot of people creating that content, but there's a lot of eyeballs watching and consuming the content. Right. That would stop by your cube if you were still in the office and say, I love what you're doing on LinkedIn. And the other thing is, you know, I used to have the struggle in my head. Well, what will people think? Well, what will my past bosses who know me really well think of me now being a job search strategy coach Or what will they think of these silly videos that are also educational that I'm putting up? But I just had to stop and be like, who cares? Who cares? They're not going to matter on my deathbed. All that's going to matter is the example that I am setting for my daughter and how I feel every day getting up and doing the work that I do. Like you said, I think 2020 and now 2021 with the Great Resignation has really forced us to prioritize the things that are important to us. And that's why I talk a lot about mental health, because I believe that if we don't prioritize our mental health as a pillar of our job search strategy, we are going to struggle. And just as important as applying and networking is making that time your me time, your meditation and exercise, your meal planning, your time blocking, all the things that you need to do to make sure you're taking care of your mental health and your serenity. 
Absolutely love that. And now that we have tackled a little bit of the strategy behind how to show up on LinkedIn, obviously the main purpose for job seekers is to be able to get some opportunities coming their way. Now that you have that opportunity knocking on your door or your DM or your phone, what are some strategies you have as somebody who has so many years of experience building relationships with job seekers and hiring managers? What are the main three tips that you can give somebody to foster and nurture that relationship once those recruiters come their way? Absolutely. So the first thing is, unfortunately, job seekers have to vet and qualify their recruiting partners almost as equally as recruiters are evaluating talent for the opportunities we're recruiting for. So make sure that they're a reputable staffing firm. Certainly check out their profile if they're a corporate recruiter. I know a lot of hiring processes are getting more automated and job seekers are getting frustrated that they can't find the actual human that's recruiting for the role. And my hunter background of business development and recruiting is I can really assist my clients in finding those people. But again, sometimes it's not possible. So evaluating the organization and the recruiter. So make sure that you're looking at the profile just like they're looking, we're looking at talent. How many jobs have they had in the last 10 years? Have they hopped around? Has it been a combination of corporate or agency? And those are telltale signs of if they are a quality recruiter. If you have good tenure, it typically means with agency recruiters that they have a nice book of business. It means they have established relationships. That is the value of working with an agency recruiter that has some tenure at their firm. Now, with corporate recruiters, I would look at tenure as well and or progression in their positions. If they started out as a coordinator to a specialist to a recruiter, senior recruiter, or talent acquisition manager, that's always a good sign as well. I would say the challenges I have as a recruiter is we get so many incoming messages with, I see that you're a recruiter. Do you have a match for me? And they don't specify why they're inquiring. It's evident that they haven't looked at the careers page or even are being specific about a role that they're looking for. A lot of times that it won't even tell me anything about them. They may spam a resume over to me as the recruiter. But the key with job seekers is to make it easy for the recruiter to respond to you. And how you do that is by being specific. If you just send me a resume and it says, let me know if I'm in a match, you're putting all the work back on the recruiter. And imagine we get 20, 30 of those types of messages a day. There's a high probability I won't open (laughs) the resume, right? Because I need you to do some of the work because it's also a statement of how you would conduct yourself if I were to hire you in the organization. So when candidates have said, gosh, I love the organization you recruit for, give a specific example from a press release or a certain post, and hey, I applied for this position on this date, I see that you're the recruiter, I checked out your profile. I see that you're a lacrosse coach. I'm a huge lacrosse fan. Would you be open for a 15-minute conversation? That kind of direct messages, I will say yes to. The ones that are spammy, that you can tell they haven't looked at my profile, and they're just trying to cast like a wide net, 
kind of that spray and pray mindset, that's where I'm less inclined to be of service, right? It sounds super basic, but you know, and I know that the majority of job seekers don't realize that, right? The other thing to build relationships with recruiters is make sure that you value those first conversations because I know people get hung up on the ATS and the tech and the AI, but it's still humans that are reviewing the resumes and hitting the decline or the move forward button. Do you agree? Absolutely. I am so happy you mentioned that. (laughs) Yeah. So I think a lot of people dismiss those first line recruiters because they want to go directly to the hiring manager, which is fine. Build the relationship with the hiring manager as well. But if you're dealing with a huge company, that's a big rabbit hole to tackle, right? Your talent teams are much smaller. So if you're able to build those relationships with a few key recruiters, you're increasing your conversion opportunities by showing up with energy, nailing your story, knowing your resume inside and out, having studied the job description, and also have great questions. So I always recommend you have one or two questions for the recruiter. What do they love about working there? What attracted them to work for that organization? Who are some of your favorite leaders in the organization? Then I recommend that you have a couple questions about the job description. Based on your experience sitting with a hiring manager, what are the top three key items that are important to them, right? And then the third is to ask about the direct hiring manager. How long have they been with the company? What has their progression been like? What is their perception of quality? For them, what makes a resume go in a yes pile or a no pile? Some of those little questions. And again, if you can do all of those things in those first line screens, I feel like your chances of your resume hitting that hiring manager's desk is very high. Absolutely. And you know what, Anna? Yeah, I agree that those are basic things, but common sense, not common practice. And that is why basic things like making sure you're spelling my name right. making (laughs) (laughs) Yours is harder than mine. Mine is the same forwards and backwards. (laughs) Making sure that you're, you know, just... I'm not recruiting for like sales and things like this. Very clear what we do in our profile, which is why it's so important for you to take the time to review. Right now I'm recruiting for senior talent. So that's something else that I kind of have to take to the next level when I'm actually reading things through them because these are people 20 plus years of experience that won't want to talk to me as a recruiter if I don't get it right. It's the same exact thing as a job seeker. When you're first starting out or when you're not in a leadership position where you have a lot of the shots to call, Make sure that you do those basic quote-unquote things that 99% of job seekers are not doing. And that is why it makes you stand out because every time I get a nice message that I know they took the time to read my background, I'm like, wow, that was so nice. You know, they took the time. It's memorable, right? And it's relatable. And so if you can pull a little nugget from your profile about your journey and incorporate it into that conversation. And I get it. Some job seekers being a conversationalist and kind of trying to connect those dots is a little bit harder, but that's part of what I do in my coaching. And then 
with job seekers, obviously having an optimized profile, right? We hear that word optimized, but as recruiters, we want a quick snapshot that showcases, you know, have a cover image that pops, that's your digital business card. Your headline is optimized for the roles that you're looking for, not just the position that you have at said company, right? Get a little creative with it. I'm a huge fan of using your about section to not only showcase your professional experience, but let us in a little bit about you as a human. Because all of my years sitting in the bullpens talking about our hot jobs, most people would not say, oh, Anna Morgan with 15 years of experience, they would say, Anna Morgan, the ADD advocate, the one that you know travels all the time and has the crazy dog lady. That's how recruiters remember people, right? And you want to be remembered for the good quirky things, not necessarily the bad or the not so favorable things, right? Because those people, if you show up with low energy and can't answer interview questions, I had an interview the other day where the gentleman didn't have his resume in front of him. That's the bad kind of memorable. (laughs) So really making it easy for the recruiter to even nourish the conversation because they can see some super cool, awesome things about you on your profile. And if you're an Eagle Scout and the hiring manager was an Eagle Scout, bam, there's a commonality there, right? And we buy or hire from people that we like and trust and have relatable things in common together. So. Absolutely. Oh my God. Again, Anna, you just have so many amazing tips to give us and strategies. You know, with that said, if you could talk to baby Anna, what would you say to her and why? Oh my God, you're so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would tell her, let's see. Well, it's really interesting with my daughter now being in middle school, but I, if I could go back and you know, just change a little bit of the DNA or, you know, tweak something in my, you know, internal system, it would be to be more courageous and more fearless, I would say. And I was always brave because I was an athlete and I played every sport under the sun, but I would perform well in team experiences. But I think I never did sports that were just you know, solo, like maybe diving was solo, but so I would say step into courage, step into fearlessness, embrace your boldness, embrace your wildness and feralness. I mean, I never really fit perfectly in the boxes in school and corporate. And, you know, I was always just very multidimensional. And I realized today that that is my superpower. That is what attracts my tribe, that I can be fun-inspired. I can be serious. I can talk about recovery. I can talk about parenting. I I can talk about self-care. I can share my recruiter knowledge. I can share my sales knowledge. Just acknowledging that the uniqueness is what makes us powerful and step into that sooner than later. So if you're listening and you know that you have that little pull 
that's telling you that you can be more, you can do a little bit more, but you're letting fear or imposter syndrome dim your light, get support, you know, find ways to unlock those things so that you can show up to be the men and women you're intended to be. So that's what I would tell her. Oh, I can sense baby Anna just being all like, thank you for the feedback. I'll take it really and run with it. I love that. And you know what? This podcast is also very much curated for my multi-passionate professionals out there because I'm super multi-passionate, as you probably already know. I have many passions. You have many. You are <laughs> also, I think that's why we were attracted to each other because it was you have done so many different things in the short amount of time. And I'm just so excited for you with where things are headed. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I think that's something that I, I totally agree with you, you know, telling ourselves to be more courageous because what's the worst that can happen? At least you tried it and realized that you didn't like it. Now you can cross it off your list and move on to something else. And it's something that I never knew what my superpower was because I was always so multi-passionate. And my friend one day told me that I, it actually gives me like, makes me want to cry. But she told me, you know, Ariana, your superpower is that you're not afraid of trying new things. And many of us are here just watching you go for your dreams while we're thinking about ours. And that is the thing, you know, clarity comes from action. You have to take action to realize what it is that you like and what you don't like. And the, again, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody can tell you now, but at least you asked and it probably won't work out, but at least you're ahead of the people that never even tried. And then what if you do succeed, right? I mean, do you think two years ago you envisioned having the role you have today with Google? Not at all. Not at all. Not in a million years. That's for sure. I, I never saw myself there. And oh my God, I'm just so excited. I wish you could have like two more hours of a podcast. I know. I know. We could talk forever. Forever. This has been amazing. And hopefully, <laughs> I not hopefully, we shared some great knowledge here uh, today. And you, like me, we are passionate about serving job seekers and career changers and side hustlers. So if you're on the fence, and again, the things that are positive from COVID is we've woken up. We've realized what's important. We've realized we have access to ways to create side hustles. I don't think I realized how much access I had to resources, tools, mentors, and options to assist me in being an entrepreneur. And it's the same for job seekers. I don't recommend Googling your way through a job search. However, there are plenty of trusted voices here on other social platforms that can take their expertise like you and I have to support them through that process. Absolutely. And Anna, just to close it off, I want to make sure that people know how to find you. I know that you just launched your newsletter and you have to, if you're listening to this, you have to sign up for Anna's newsletter. Let us know how we can find out, how we can sign up and where can people find you on the internet? Absolutely. So the place I spend the most time is LinkedIn and it is just Anna Morgan Career BFF. If you just search Anna Morgan, it should come up. But if you go to the URL and type in Anna Morgan Career BFF, it'll come up. Same Anna Morgan Career BFF on Instagram and Facebook. I'm also on Clubhouse occasionally and YouTube. I'm like half there. So 
And then my website is just AnnaMorganCareerBFF.com. So I actually have the Job Seeker Misfit to Badass Job Closer that's launching in January of 2022. The wait list or uh, enrollment will open at the beginning of December. Keep an eye on my LinkedIn profile for the links to join. This is going to be epic. I have unlocked all of my wild recruiter knowledge, business development knowledge, and packaged it in an awesome, awesome container. There is going to be things from career affirmations to meditations to yoga poses to assist you in resetting your brain when you've been looking for a job to how to stay organized and all the recruiter behind the curtain knowledge that I have as well. Absolutely. Well, you heard it from one of the best in the biz. So definitely go and run, do not walk, run and sign up for that because it's probably going to fill up pretty quickly. I can guarantee that. Well, thank you, Anna, so, so much for coming on and telling us all of your amazing gems today about job seeking and LinkedIn and how to build relationships. It was such a pleasure having you on. Likewise, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful for you and congratulations on the launch of your podcast. And really, really appreciate this honor to be a part of this amazing experience that you're creating for the podcast community. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at Side Hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.